Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. All right, welcome back. Rob Breckenridge with you here today on this uh, Tuesday afternoon where there's a lot going on. About an hour from now, the Prime Minister will be speaking. We believe about pipelines, announcing some decisions about certain pipelines. We don't know how many exactly. And more to the point, whether it's going to include a decision on Trans Mountain, the Kinder Morgan uh, pipeline expansion. I think that's that's the big one. Because it sounds like that might be a yes. Probably going to be a no on Northern Gateway, we suspect. But we'll learn more in about an hour. Uh, The police chief will be speaking soon, and we're going to talk about the issue of uh, officer-involved shootings. Another one last night, suspect died in hospital. Why is this happening more in Calgary than other cities? It's just weird coincidence, bad luck. We'll hear what the police chief has to say. That's coming up as well. Uh, Yesterday, the Alberta government introduced Bill uh, uh, 35, and this is to bring in changes to campaign finance laws. There's been a lot of controversy around this. We recall back in the summer when this was before committee, the NDP were floating some ideas, including one that would have granted a taxpayer-funded rebate to political parties, 50% of what they spent during a campaign. The NDP backed away from that. But they are going ahead with a spending limit. That Alberta would have campaign spending limits. For the first time, they say, the limit for political parties would be $2 million dollars. In an electoral division, there would be a spending limit of $50,000 for each individual candidate's campaigns. Those spending limits would apply from the dropping of the writ to the close of polls on election day. There are also going to be contribution limits, an aggregate contribution limit of $4,000 per individual contributor each calendar year. That would apply to all political entities and candidates. Individuals have the right to choose when donating to any political entity, such as registered parties, constituency associations, candidates, by-election candidates, leadership contestants, and nomination contestants. This act would also put spending limits on advertising by third parties during election campaign. That limit would be set at $150,000, of which no more than $3,000 could be used to support or oppose candidates in a particular electoral division. Joining us for some further thoughts, please to welcome the program here today, Duff Conacher. He is uh, co-founder of Democracy Watch. Duff, good afternoon. Welcome to the program. Thanks very much, Rob. All right. Well, what do you make of uh, what Alberta's doing? It certainly is, is a big change from what we had before. Does it go far enough in, in your view? Uh, there are some good changes. Uh, limits on campaign spending by parties and candidates um, requiring disclosure of all donors by leadership candidates as soon as they register, limiting third-party interest groups, advertising, spending, and and requiring disclosure of who's backing them. Those are all good changes, but um, it's not going to do what the main main line from the government, uh, the main claim that they made yesterday, it's not going to stop cash for access or the influence of big money donations. Most people can't afford a $4,000 donation. Therefore, it's a big money donation. It's not stopping that. Well, okay, but I mean, how, how, 
is that how we determine what a limit is based on what people can afford? I don't know how we determine that. What, what's a reasonable limit, do you think, then? Well, if you believe in the uh, fundamental democratic principle of one person, one vote, which we claim to in Canada, why would you allow any one person to use money as a means of influence by, being, by donating more than an average person can afford? And uh, $4,000 is thousands of dollars more than an average person can afford. So it's, by definition, undemocratic, and cash for access will continue in Alberta um, as a result, because you'll have events where a price will be much higher than an average person can afford, and people will pay to have access to the premier, cabinet ministers, or other party leaders. It's just a bad idea. Quebec has the world's leading system. It has a donation limit that an average person can afford, $100. And then it has public financing in place, which you don't necessarily have to have. The party should have to prove that they need it, that they can't raise the money in $100 donations. And if they can prove that, then you have set up democratic donation matching systems or per vote funding. The donation matching is better. And uh, use some public funding to, to um, um, based on what people are already giving. And, uh, and then the parties will profit a bit more from the actual voter support. Okay, so what are you saying the limit should be, just so we're clear here? $100 to $200 maximum. Per year, per individual. Yep. And um, it can go up during an election year because you have an election campaign, which is an extra time where there's more spending by parties, um, where you could donate another 100 to $200 to, to a local candidate. And you'd rather see public funding fill that, mm-hmm. that gap then? If there is a gap, this is the thing that parties don't like to talk about. They say, we need this money. For what, exactly? And how much do you actually need? And we need an examination of that. That should be the starting point. How much money do parties actually need to run their operations in a province and reach voters, uh, given these days of email, which is far less costlier than what they used to have to do, mailing out uh, appeals to people and information notices to people, and social media. Those all reduce the cost of reaching voters. So start with that. I don't think there would be a gap, actually, uh, much of a gap. Um, And the best way to close the gap is to have matching public funding. So if you raise $100, you would get $100. In Quebec, they have that. The first $200,000 raised by each party each year is matched with public funding. And it's the best way to do it because a party's support may go up and down each year depending on what they do. And so the amount of matching funding they they get goes up and down as well. If you do per-vote funding based on the results of the last election, then parties get the money from each voter that that, that voted for in the last election, whether that voter supports them now or not. So it kind of creates an incentive to bait voters with false promises and then and then just to get their their money right through to the next election. We've got the issue of um, a government's ability to to run ads, run ads right to the lead-up of a campaign. Is is that something that that skews this, and is that something you think needs to be reined in? A government party? Well, when governments run ads. When When governments run ads bragging about what they've... That's in our list of changes that are needed as well, and it's a gap. Um, the, The Auditor General should be empowered to uh, review all government advertising and stop or require a change to any ad that is partisan or misleading. So I don't think you want to stop ad campaigns that are 
actually giving information to people about how to access a certain program or something like that. But anything that is promoting the ruling party, the Auditor General should be able to stop, not just leading up to an election at any time. It should be a power that the Auditor General has uh, right uh, all the time. All right. You, you talked about cash for access, um, where, where that's fundraising events, where you, you buy a ticket to come to the, the fundraiser, the politician is there, the, the premier, the cabinet minister, the MLA, whoever it is. Uh, are you suggesting then that that kind of fundraising needs to be eliminated? And it would be with a $100 donation limit. Um, you wouldn't have uh, exclusive private invite-only uh, high-priced events when you have a $100 donation limit. So by definition, all the events would be public and... and uh, well, would they, if it was still $100 a ticket to, to go hang out with a politician for a night? An average person could afford that. I mean, they, and they wouldn't want to do those events unless they were large and public because it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be worth it. Um, you would, it would cost more to run the event than you would raise. So you would stop those private uh, high-cost... Uh, high exclusive events um, that are really buying cash, buying access for cash. And uh, that's why it's the solution. The only way to stop the influence of big money, the unethical, undemocratic influence of big money donations is to stop big money donations. It's been proven in at the federal level and in Quebec. They had donation limits in Quebec that were um, similar, actually less, $2,000, and cash for access went on. So they, they lowered the donation limit to $100. Also, illegal funneling of donations went on in Quebec. When they lowered the donation limit to $2,000, corporations mainly, some unions as well, just gave money to their executives and their family members and had them donate it. So uh, they ended up donating the same amount that they've donated in the past, just through the executives and family members. At the federal level, SNC-Lavalin did that, illegally funneled donations through their executives, when, and even though corporate and union donations were banned and funneling was illegal. Um, there's $12.8 million likely illegally funneled donations from 2006 to 2011 were found in uh, an audit by Elections Quebec. So Quebec, the federal level, Toronto as well, where they ban corporate and union donations, now executives are giving uh, the, the amounts that individuals are allowed to give, and those businesses are still giving a lot of money. All of that continues as long as you have a high donation limit. So it's really a charade to uh, claim that the bill... 35, um, as the Alberta NDP is claiming, to claim that it will stop big money in Alberta politics. What about corporations and unions um, being able to to donate the time of their employees or members to to volunteer on campaigns? That that doesn't seem as though that's going to be prohibited under this. That was one of the concerns that it was a loophole created when the government did ban corporate and union donations. Uh, I believe it is, actually. Is that addressed here? Is that your understanding? Yes, my understanding is that it is. And um, volunteer labor should be tracked and disclosed, like donations are, to, as a check on that. Because it's an easy thing to say, you're not allowed to do this, but it's pre- pretty easy to get around, just like the, the donation ban on corporations and unions is pretty easy to get around because yeah. business gives their executives the money, the $4,000 to each donate, and some of their family members, and then if they're ever, ever caught, the executive says, oh, no, that was my own money out of my pay, and, and I gave some of it to my spouse who donated it as well. But the corporation never told me I had to donate, and the corporation says the same thing. That's why in Quebec they found almost $13 million of a likely illegally funneled donations 
but no one's been charged. Why? Because the business says they, they didn't give the money to the executive to donate, and the executive says that it was their own money. So, again, the only way to stop the unethical, undemocratic influence of big money is to stop big money donations by lowering the donation limit to 100 or $200. Allowing anyone to donate $4,000, all you're going to do is actually hide corporate union don- donating. Right now, uh, uh, before the ban, you could see how much a corporation donated because the donation was in their name. Now it'll be in the name of 10 executives. If some of them are named John Smith or something like that, how are you going to figure out whether that's John Smith who's an executive at that corporation? So it actually hides the corrupting influence of big money donations. It doesn't stop it. All right, more at uh, democracywatch.ca. Duff, uh, thanks for joining us here this afternoon. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Take care. All right, that's uh, Duff Conacher, co-founder of Democracy Watch. He's chairperson of their Money in Politics Coalition. Uh, so he wants to go way further than the NDP's going here. Uh, not a $4,000 individual donation limit to bring it down all the way, he says, to $100. Now, does he have a point? I don't know. What's the most you've ever given to a political candidate or a campaign or a party? I've never given a dime to any of them. I don't intend to. And I think, I don't know, given what I do, that would seem like a bit of a conflict of interest if I did. Uh, But I don't. I know people do. $4,000, that's a a big drop from what it was before. Not far enough, uh, as Duff Conacher sees it. 403-974-8255. Oh, here's how I see it. I mean, if we want to limit what people are giving to political parties, why do we need a spending limit? If you've got a donation limit, you're limiting the amount of money these parties are raising in the first place. Why do we then need the spending limit? It seems redundant. Anyway, back with your thoughts right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.